0: This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. It's fall, it's football season, and holidays are right around the bend. That doesn't mean that the grilling and smoking stops. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could want. Make the Kansas City Barbecue Store your one-stop shop for all your outdoor cooking needs. As a listener of the Old Virginia Smoke Pitmaster podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this fall by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, for online orders at www.thekansascitybbqstore.com. So keep on smoking, folks. Welcome to another episode of Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. My name is Luke Darnell, Pitmaster of Old Virginia Smoke and host of this podcast and it is my pleasure to have with us somebody who's had, we've had a pretty good run of guests here who've had pretty good uh, fall seasons and winter seasons here. And now we've got Jordan Kirkpatrick from Janky Leg on. How you doing, man? Good, buddy. How are you? Good, good. You had a really
1: good fall. <laughs> we did have a good fall.
0: <laughs> Chicken World Champion. That's a That that sounds pretty good, doesn't it?
1: Hey, yeah, it does. He was a it was a big weekend.
0: Yeah, that's great, man. So, you're out of Illinois. Yep. Uh, had the pleasure of, of meeting you oh, probably more than a few times now. I think we've been a, at a bunch of contests together.
1: Yeah, we were at, uh you were there at Tim and Brad's class this past year while I was there.
0: That's right. I was yep. kind of half attending, half, <laughs> half partying.
1: Hey, you got to enjoy it when you can.
0: That's true. That's true. And uh, then we were we were together at the uh, Snowy Contest in Indianapolis.
1: CCS Fest. Yes. <laughs> I, got, I got the brakes beat off me there.
0: I had four eighth places.
1: Oh, jeez. No, yeah. I think it was
0: even five. I think we got four eighths in categories and then eighth place overall. And I was like, wow. Huh. That's nice. (laughs) It
1: it was cold there. You were out of a U-Haul there, weren't you? Yeah,
0: we had the we we took the J3 and we got a U-Haul and we tried our. We had it up to like fifty-five degrees in there uh, with with the space heater and, uh, but that ramp was so icy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, you were you were behind uh, a tire smoke that weekend, weren't you? Yep. Yeah. They're such, they're such good
0: guys, man. They're good dudes. And as a matter of fact, right, sitting here on the desk is a tire smoke sanctioned head wrap. That is legit. Yeah. They gave me a package of these at the Royal this year. So, yeah, I'm looking forward. To it. I didn't break them out this year because, I don't know, I'm pretty superstitious. But with the new year, I'm going to give them a shot, see how it goes. So let's get into it, man. like, uh. What, how has your career and life experiences outside of barbecue prepared you to be a pit master on the competition
1: trail? Uh, so, career wise, I've been in sales for my, well, my whole life. Um, I've always been competitive, you know, pretty much anybody in barbecue is, but I, I've always been super competitive in high school. I, I was played sports, and, and then once, you know, getting into a sales position, uh, and being on a commission pay plan, you know, you pretty much have to you got to put your, your best foot forward pretty well every day if you want to be successful. You know, I know a lot of people that are in sales, you know, they, it's hit or miss. And, and you, you say the feast or famine type deal, but I, I've always been one to strive to be better. You know, uh, on top of that, uh, I've always flipped homes, uh, done remodeling. You know, just kind of – I have a property company where, where we have rental units and, and we flip houses, uh, and I've done – you know, before I opened the dealership, I've done the carpentry side of it. Uh, and attention to detail has always been a, a big thing for me. I'm I'm pretty meticulous. Uh, you know, I, I like my barbecue trailer to be clean. I like my truck to be clean. Um, you know, we went to a comp one time, and they tried putting us out in the field, and it was raining, and I'm like – ah. My truck has never really seen the mud. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody gives me a hard time about that, but it's just kind of—it's always how I've been. You know, I—I I would say just in general, I guess, being OCD. You know, I was going to ask—is this at the, the
0: OCD level that you? No, want? sure. Um,
1: <laughs> you know, I, I'm just—I'm just that way, and and in barbecue, you know, it's the the minuscule things are, are the things that most people overlook that I feel like we've really honed into that, that kind of it has made us improve. You know, in the beginning, you feel like you're being picky and, and you're doing all the things right. And when in hindsight, you have zero clue what you're doing. And then once you start to really kind of pick up on, on things that work, then you really start to dial in on those particular things that really start to evolve to you as a pit master uh, on the competition circuit and really just kind of move forward. And that's, you know, as it is yeah. that's anything, you know, once you start to find something that works, once you can really start dialing on that on any aspect of life, you start to succeed. Right No, And you said a couple
0: of key things there. I think, you know, part of it is hustle. I mean, sure. you, you, you've got a, stay in your program, stay with what you do. And then I am, I could turn this camera around and show you how not OCD I am. And you could look at this desk and it would probably give you convulsions. (laughs) But the only thing that I am OCD about is my process and what happens in the trailer. And I probably take it to an unhealthy point sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been accused recently of being a little bit of a tyrant. And uh, but I just feel like there's a way that I do things and that's way has been pretty successful, so I like I like it to be done that way and I think a lot of pit masters are the same way.
1: Oh, I've I've <laughs> I have yelled at my wife once <laughs> in the middle of pork turning and I think that's the only time I've actually one time was enough Me to realize not to do that again, but I think that I think my exact words was, This is how I want it done, and if you don't want to do it that way, then just get out. And she walked out, she said, And then once she left, I was like, Shit, why did she? And I looked out the side of the trailer, and she's sitting on the step looking on Facebook. I'm like, Are you done? She's like, You do it yourself, and I was like, Well. All right, that backfired. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, that, at that point in time, that was one and done for me. I pretty much sucked ass the rest of that week and the next week and got her back in good graces, so,
0: yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. I never try to act out, but Kim has said just my general demeanor, especially if I'm, like, super focused, just – And I'm going to start trying to work on that. But at the same time, I
1: don't really want to. Yeah, well, and like that one there, it was one of those things where I was like, I don't remember what comp it was. But uh, it was just one of those things where I was like, it needs to be done this way. And she's like, no, I like it this way. I was like, no, I want it done this way. And we just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And our buddy that, that cooks with us, he was like, would you guys make up your mind? <laughs> it's going to be this way. But uh, yeah, it, it'll, I think now that was uh, maybe that was two years ago. Now I feel like we've got a pretty smooth process where we just kind of know what to do and, and what direction to, you know, every, we don't even really need to talk to anyone. Um, right, right. Much we, what movements to, to make. Yeah, we barely speak
0: anymore. It's not yeah. necessary and rarely anymore do we even argue about what should go in the box um, yeah because I've and she'll hate me for saying this and she'll yell at me for saying this but like Kim is one of the most indecisive people in the world whereas I am severely disorganized and a mess she is completely indecisive except when it comes to barbecue mm-hmm. like if she doesn't think something's be in the box she's gonna let me know right. And i mean, like, can't, why can't she be like this whenever we're trying to figure out where to go out for dinner?
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's on their blood. I can't even say it's them. It's me too. I'm always like, yeah, whatever. But uh, <laughs> on, our, on our team, I'm the only one who tries our food. Uh, I just felt like, to be honest, um, this year was the first year that I cooked by myself. I'd never done a comp solo. Uh, and – fortunate enough, you know, I, I did it three times and, and granded twice and got third the, the other time. And I think once that happened, you know, we just kind of all sat down and talked. And, and I was always the one who would try it. But while I was trying it to determine, you know, they would be taking a bite of something or I'd give them a, a half of one. And it was never like they would go against the grain on what I thought should go in the box. but. I would be like, oh, yeah, that's the texture. And Allie would be like, is it? Or, you know, almost getting in my own head where I would try to decide what to go. So now we've just called, come to the agreement that pretty much I'll be the only one to try the food. I'll determine what goes in the box. And then I can live and die with the consequences and, and go from there.
0: It's interesting how people have their different ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I and our situation is is very different because it could be three different people in the trailer. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's definitely a hierarchy as to whose opinion I'm going to care about more. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but sometimes you're right. Like, especially with pork, if I eat it and I like it, I really don't care. Right. You know, because I I think I know what I'm looking for. But a lot of people would argue that I don't know what I'm looking for in pork. So, (laughs) It's the, the biggest, yeah, it's, I'm going to take advice from somebody that, uh, Steve, uh, or I'm sorry, Mike from QL was on here, and he said, best advice I ever got was take your worst meat, make it your best meat, and uh, I'll be doing that this off-season, so, yeah. lots of pork butts are going to be cooked in this house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got to figure it out, so.
1: I tell you, man, uh, Tam and Brad's class really... Uh, well, the one that you were at, that's really the reason that I had taken that class was I really wanted to pull something away from pork and not even the the cooking technique because I don't cook pork on a can. Uh, mine was just more of, I described it as like, it's about like shooting a thousand free throws blindfolded. You're practicing daily, but you don't even know what you're shooting at. Right. So my biggest thing when I took that class was I wanted to determine what the actual texture, when I tasted it, when I felt it, um, I just wanted to know what texture they were hitting so I could try to mimic it. Uh, and once, once, I don't know why I'd taken many classes before and everyone else's pork was great. But once I took their class, tried that, that pork and I got kind of the mouth feel and what it felt like when it was, was squeezing on the monies. Um, pork just really turned around for us. Hmm. Quit
0: spending my money. (laughs) (laughs) We
1: love to talk about
0: our our successes on these shows and stuff like this, but one of my favorite things to talk about is failures. Do you have a favorite failure of yours during a competition that really set you up
1: for success later? Uh, I don't know if it set me up for success, but and it may not have changed the outcome, and it's easy for me to sit here what three months later, two months later and say. Um so at the Jack, um I was I was pretty ill and we had a great cook, I thought. Um but I was I was pretty rough the whole day and we had got to brisket. The brisket looked great. Everything. I mean, it cooked, felt great, everything. But whenever we got to brisket, I had been puking the majority of the day, and I was kind of over it. Um, but it was a jack, so you're like, you gotta, get, gotta get her done, yeah. So we had sliced the brisket. Um, and we had a fat seam that uh, ran through the brisket, and it was. It wasn't like it was on the edge. It was. It was. So whenever we started uh, slicing it, I was kind of just testing it. And when I picked the slice up, I mean, where that seam was, as soon as I grabbed the slice, it fell completely apart. And I was like, great. Well, finish slicing the brisket. I get everything out, kind of the area that I'm wanting. And as I told you before, normally I kind of make the decision and go, Well, I was feeling terrible, so I'm asking, like, what do you guys think we should do? That is going to fall apart. I'm telling you, it's going to fall apart, and I feel like our texture, no matter what happens, it could look great, but I feel like as soon as I grab that slice and it falls apart, they're going to ding us on texture, on tenderness. And uh, anyway, long and short of it, this kind of banter back and forth went on for about three minutes, and (laughs) I got frustrated, and I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. If you think that, because they're like, well, if we dock it, it's going to be so short. I'm like, I'd rather it be short slices and have the right texture because it was a great texture. It was just that seam was going to it's going to fall you apart. Kill it. Yeah. But anyway, long and short, uh, I finally said, "Screw it! If you want to leave it, leave it." But this this is on you. Pretty much, is out of word was going to be said, and uh, I was frustrated and sick. So we get it boxed. It looked great, but I just knew it was – I just knew it. And uh, I had – I didn't even stick around. She left to box, and I went and laid down. And uh, <laughs> when I got back up, I'd come back outside, and they're like, so what do you think about the cook? I said, honestly, I felt like it was a, a, it was a pretty good cook. Um, but I've learned my lesson. I do not say <laughs> it's a good cook. Uh, so – I just told myself I feel like our first three categories and really that was kind of 2022 for us. If we could have stopped at pork and never had to turn in brisket, we would have team of the year would have been would have been a solid year for us. Uh, but sure enough, you know, we we won chicken there at the Jack. I think got 21st in ribs, got 5th in pork and got 58th or something in brisket. And, you know, it, it's like – I think it was – I don't know. I think I cooked a, a 161 brisket. Oh, wow. 161 or 162, you know. And you sit and you look back, you know, <laughs> you, miss, you miss grand by <laughs> – it's just one of those – and that's – it's easy for me to say here um, and sit and go, oh, that could have been mine. But right. that's me being a – store loser i guess uh <laughs> but really i i guess that was kind of that was probably my biggest disappointment honestly i i still to this day kick myself because if i would have been feeling good i would have pretty much been like just move i'm docking this brisket and we're moving on uh but i didn't and i that's on me so
0: yeah well i mean that's you, when you're under this, that stress, and especially the stress of not feeling well, that's hard to, you know. You're in the moment. You gotta. <laughs> that's a tough one, though, dude. That's
1: a tough one with those three other calls. Hey, I mean, it, it's a, it is what it is. But hell, Schaefer, you know, he's, he's a, he's Mr. World Champ. He knows when to show up.
0: <laughs> Talk about a slump buster, there, man. My gosh.
1: Yeah, man. I was like. <laughs> i'm just sitting there looking at him like because you know we pretty much talk every weekend after comps and i'm like this dude i'm talking to him driving home and he's telling me i just don't get it i don't know what's going on and sure enough he comes and and puts the old dog walking on all of us at the the (laughs) world yep another world under his belt this
0: podcast is brought to you by barbecuedata.com BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to BarbecueData.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on barbecuedata.com. So what has been the most surprising thing to come out of competition barbecue for you?
1: Uh, so, um, I don't know, probably... Uh, probably just gross, honestly. I, when we first started, you know, in in twenty, I think we we first started smoking meat in twenty seventeen, uh, and did our first edition in twenty eighteen. You know, I didn't know what I was a cook. Really, I I enjoy like I would rather make up an Alfredo sauce than light up a smoker. You know, like I enjoy, <laughs> um, and I just picked up smoking meat from a uh, uh, my boss in the car business and he was kind of the man when it come to, to smoking meat. And anyway, I, I guess the biggest takeaway, you know, aside from what pretty much everyone will say about barbecue is the, the relationships that you build. But I think for me, is just the growth uh, as a competitor. You know, I I knew that if I was going to do this, I'm, I'm an all-in person and I, I study a lot Pretty much anything that I do, I, I I study the craft. Yeah, and you know, I had uh, in Murfreesboro, Illinois, in 2018 uh, when the barbecue league had all their teams there. I think they were kind of doing just, you know, in my opinion, kind of the elite teams were were on that. I, I didn't know much at that time, but I knew that they kind of had their own little scoring system or something where they were doing comps together Uh, and we hadn't I had met Tim uh, at Effingham our very first comp and he was just (laughs) treated me like we had been friends for 20 years you know Mm -hmm. and Murfreesboro would have been our second third comp ever and Tim you know he come back and we're in the we're in the back 40 under a tent and Mm -hmm. And walks up, and, you know, it's the whole crew. And he's like, you got a beer for me now or what? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I just remember about, like, anyone who gets started in anything. You know, you look up to certain people, and you kind of try to emulate how to become those cooks. right? And uh, I just remember telling Allie, you know, at, at that time when, when they left, she was like, who the hell is that? I'm like, well, <laughs> that was that – was some of those guys there are the Mount Rushmore barbecue, you know. You've got guys like Joe and Travis Clark and uh, Blaine was there. I mean, there was a, a group of people there. And uh, I just think the involvement of our team and, you know, how far we've come from I, – I look and think about some of the, the turn-ins that we had in the beginning – <laughs> and where it's like <clears throat> that I shouldn't say it's a surprise to me, but I think that the grasp that barbecue has on me, uh, it, it's almost indescribable. I, I think about, I compare it to my career. You know, I mean, I, I sell cars, I, I run a car dealership and, um, When I'm not focusing on trying to sell a car, I'm focusing on trying to improve in barbecue. And I I just think that that's, for me, it's almost like, it's not surreal, but to think that I can take that meat that five years ago, if you put a brisket in front of me, I wouldn't know what the flat or point side is. I think to have studied that much about barbecue to feel like I know more than the average Joe or right. average guy at a restaurant who's throwing ribs on a, on an old hickory who may not look at the you know all the different aspects it takes to create super tender food right or you know something that I guess just overall the amount of investment I've put into barbecue surprises me. I oh, never thought, thought that this hobby would would drive me so much.
0: It's uh, it's a sickness, right? I mean, I think it's a good sickness.
1: It's a sickness that I'd like. I would take the sickness about nine months out of the year. Yeah,
0: absolutely, I I get it, man. And it's you know I think about it all the time when I'm working, and it's like you know this sucks, but you know I get to go cook a contest in two weeks, so sure. and, and I just get real excited about it. I was looking at the calendar this morning, getting real excited about it, and you know just putting everything together is. You know it's a puzzle it's a game and it's trying it's trying to figure it out and uh, so I have a couple questions here that I haven't been asking people but I'm going to start asking them again because I think they're important because we I think we're at a very pivotal time in competition barbecue in that we, I think we do have a I think it's growing the amount of new people that we have coming in uh, but that has to be as sustained, I think. So, what advice would you give to a a smart young cook that who's about to enter the world of competition barbecue?
1: Uh, first thing I would say is is don't be intimidated to talk to uh, teams that compete often. I had a I had a guy uh, in twenty twenty, I believe. Uh, he was he was doing a backyard at a double, and he cooked day one, I believe, but he wasn't cooking day two. And he come up and he said, "Hey, I've heard about your team. Um, I was curious if you would be open to me shadowing you." First off, I looked around. I'm like, "This guy's heard <laughs> this guy's heard wrong things about me." If I kick count about eight teams I would go shadow before he asked me. Um <laughs> uh, to find out. I think he asked too and they told him no. <laughs> but, but anyway, I said, yeah man, you know, be here at four o'clock tomorrow morning and uh you can you can watch what you want. And I just saw him uh this past weekend um at an event uh at an awards banquet for SLBS and it's just cool to see him kind of evolve, you know, uh, like I was telling you, you never know what, what barbecue is going to do for you. Um, so if I was a, a new new cook in barbecue and I, I was going to do it all over again, I would, you know, it's about like anything. We, I keep relating this to business and life. No, no, it's mean, fine. It's bar- perfect, dude. Life. I mean, it's a it's a network, you know. When I got into sales, you kind of become who you surround yourself with. Um, so if you want to be a top notch golfer, you're not going to go hang out with the football players. So if, if you want to become someone in barbecue or not even someone in barbecue, because we're all someone in barbecue, but if you want to become, it depends on what level, you know, I've got a couple friends who cook seven comps a year, right. they could pull into any parking lot and win any weekend if they cook 40 comps a year. I've got friends who cook 35 comps a year. It, it's about what you want to become. So if you get into barbecue and you just want to be able to say, "Hey, I want to cook some of these backyard comps," and whenever it comes time for Thanksgiving or Christmas or Fourth of July, I want to knock my buddy's socks off who thinks he's the man. I think that's great. I think you sh- you should put in what you want to get out. So if you want to be if you want to be Luke Darnell. <laughs> Out there, you know. I want one of those square trophies from the royal that you have. You know, so my focus is how do I get to that point. Uh, So I I think that if you're just getting started, you know, obviously the barbecue league is huge. There is so many things out there to learn from the jump, but I like. I mean. When I first started, I can't tell you the number of times I would sell a car. I would do the paperwork. I would see my customer out the door. And by the time they hit the highway, I was on how to barbecue right or I was, I, I was watching YouTube or I was doing it. I mean, I was just, I was infatuated with how these people took these cuts of meat and turned them into, to perfection, you know? Um, but I would, I guess to sum it all up. Obviously I'm a salesperson. I can get long winded. <laughs> to sum it all up, I would start out probably spend a hundred bucks on barbecue league. I would befriend some people in barbecue. Um, and you never know, you may have something to offer them that, that they're not thinking about. You hear these guys who do classes all the time say, you know, sometimes I just listen and these guys and these teams tell us this is what I'm doing. And in hindsight, they're taking notes from the, the people who just paid you 750 bucks, take the class. Um, That's so amazing you just said that.
0: Uh, I just had a a conversation with Bill Gillespie from Smoking Hogs, and he had his class this weekend, and he goes, man, he goes, everybody there wanted to tell me what they did or something else they learned. He goes, it was annoying,
1: he goes, but I learned a few things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then lastly, you know, I would just get out there and cook. I mean, I would select a few weekends, talk to talk to people in barbecue find out a few top-notch comps that are just good times you know when you get started you want to be able to hang out enjoy the town you know find some places with some good restaurants find a good venue where there's going to be you know asphalt you're not out in a a field uh and just i I would enjoy the process of of turning into what you want to be in barbecue that's cool man that's awesome
0: Let's uh, switch gears a little bit into gear a little bit. You mentioned the Barbecue League, and I'm going to also outlaw the answer of Thermapen. But do you have a purchase of $100 or less that has significantly impacted your competition barbecue game?
1: Mm. Like a tool or, or something? Yeah, so, I mean, I could probably, I could think of a couple. I don't know that, Obviously, I've listened to your podcast a ton, so I'm trying not to to mimic <laughs> what someone else uh, says. Um, oh, no, that's totally fine if you do. You know, like a uh, like an offset spatula is big for me. Um, I think we've got a, I think it's a nine inch or maybe ten inch icing spatula. You know, we transfer ribs with. Uh, I scrape bones whenever I go to to wrap ribs uh, with it. <laughs> I take and and I pull the uh, the fat membrane off the tubes whenever I, I go to process those with it. I mean, I just kind of use it instead of trying to – a knife is fine, but I just know me. I wear flip-flops when I cook. I could just see myself dropping a knife and sinking into the top of my foot. Um, that I use – I cook on an offset, so a good pump sprayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Solo. I think it's maybe the company. They've got a – I think like a six-inch wand on it, um, so I can get back further into my pit to to spray the meat, or um, and a good pair of scissors. I think it's those huge. Those are those are big. Um, You're one of those flip-flop guys, huh? Hey man, I was actually just gonna say a good pair of flip-flops and a good cutoff T-shirt. Don't listen to any of this, folks. Wear sho- <laughs> wear shoes when you cook. Protect okay. your feet. Uh, now I still, I still good hot on you off of my pork butts onto them, and I cuss a bit. But man, I, 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 uh, I used to joke around before I was in the car business. I was in the furniture business. I wore suit or you know shirt and tie every day. Got into the car business. Always had dress shoes on. Uh, when I opened my own dealership, I joked around and said in the summertime I'll be in a polo. And a nice pair of shorts and flip flops. <laughs> I'm not. If you don't buy a car for me because I'm not in dress slacks, that's your own problem. Uh, but uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a flip flop and cut off t-shirt guy. There's nothing. Three like hundred pound man with a muscle shirt on, but I think it looks good. And <laughs> it was the very first contest we ever did. I had a bright orange Janky leg t-shirt made, you know, because I had to be official. And it was bright orange. That was the only 4X t-shirt that that they had at that time, I think. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, it was like construction orange. And I told Allie, I said, I'm going to cut these sleeves off because I don't want there to be this much fabric, this bright, trying to point me out. So I'm just going to have the cutoff on. (laughs) Well, four years later, I still got that t-shirt. And uh, I still try to wear it about every week. That's awesome. uh, yep
0: so that means that you are you do have a lot of habits rituals routines superstitious
1: uh mm, kind of not habits and routines but I I, I would say I'm mm, yeah, I've, got a, <laughs> I've got a few things come on yeah. let them out let them out I uh, <laughs> on Friday when I inject meat man I'm a since I moved out of my home when I was 18. I moved an hour, a little over an hour from my hometown, so I didn't have my parents or anything, and I was running a company. And uh, I've always been a candle guy, so always like my house to smell good. So Fridays, I light a candle in my trailer. Uh, and I I don't like, you know, like, fruity smells. Man, I like put, like, some cinnamon pecan honey bun or something fragrance out there. But I'm in. Mean, uh, so, yeah, I light a candle every Friday. Uh, <clears throat> I've got two pair of flip-flops until my dog eats it. I flipped out one week because my dog had ate the, where the your toe slides into your flip-flop, and there was nothing there, and I kind of flipped out on that. Uh, but, yeah, the candle is probably the biggest thing for me. Does anybody else – did
0: anybody know about the candle thing before now? Oh, yeah. Cause I gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm bringing you a candle every time we come together.
1: <laughs> so, I will get text messages from buddies, and it'll say "good luck" with a little fire flame behind it, or like other person will send me like a little a lit candle, and it's like,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it's a. It's, you come into my trailer. It smells good,
0: though. I will say that. I gotta be honest with you. Between your aversion to mud and dirt, (laughs) your need for pavement and your candle things, like, man, I think I found somebody more high-maintenance of barbecue than
1: me. (laughs) Hey, man. I'll tell you like I tell everybody else. I like what I like, and what I like, I like a lot of it. (laughs) That's
0: amazing. (laughs) So (laughs) your competition week, do you do the same things every day? Do you have the same yes. schedule you try and, try and keep? Yes.
1: Yep. yep. I okay. sure do. So, uh, well, now I didn't used to, uh, but now when I get briskets, I try to uh, thaw them, like partially thaw them and then trim them and refreeze them. I used to always just trim brisket the week of the comp, uh, but this year with the number of comps that we did, I'd get to a point where I'd have one thawed, trim it, and then it, it wasn't good enough. I'd have to go try to power fall one. And right. uh, so I just, uh, you know, if I buy three or four at a time, I trim them all and then I just grade them out. Uh, or if I've got four or five comps coming up, I'll try to name off what risk and I want to take to what cop, um, and go from there. And then you'll but, refreeze them. I'm sorry. You'll refreeze them. I do. Oh, wow. Yep. So, um, so like if, uh, I order a brisket in and it's frozen. I'll just partially thaw it where it's still, it's not thawed completely, um, but it's pliable enough where I can separate it and and just trim it up. And then I backpack it and and freeze it back up. So you, but then you get an idea of what you got, Yeah, you know, if it's thick enough or if the marbling's right or, you know, just try to predetermine it. So I do that whenever I order them, but most of the time uh, on chicken, Uh, I do chicken normally on Monday nights Um, and then Tuesday I'll do uh, collars and ribs. Wednesday uh, I do all my sausage injections and then load up and ready to go either Thursday or Friday.
0: Right on. That's cool. When you start the year out, do you set goals for your team? We do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Last year – last year we uh, we had set some goals. Really, I, I didn't – my big thing is – probably my biggest downfall is I'm easy to get down on myself. I set very high expectations, and then when I don't attain that goal, I really am, am just kind of more frustrated at myself uh, and then start letting that get into my head. Um, we had wanted to uh, – I, I tell you, last year, our goals were basically we cook Effingham, Illinois comp, uh, and that's they the big Boast Butcher blocks they for Grand Champion uh, and Reserve. They put out the big tabletop Boast block, which I don't even know what the value of it is, but it's awesome. Uh, so last year, our goal was, was to uh, try to get one of those Butcher blocks because we had never even got a top five because to, they make many blocks. Um we Ended up granting that comp, so we got a sweet, sweet <laughs> uh trophy. Uh, and then really just uh, we wanted to try to, to win three comps, is what was our goal, um, for this past year. And uh, yeah, this year, to be honest with you, I don't really have any other goal. We got pretty fortunate uh, towards the end of the season, um, <clears throat> and we got three grains, so we have three draws for the Jack.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, my only goal this year would really to, if possible, would be to auto into the Jack.
0: That's a good one.
1: That's, that's a about, good one. That's really the only focus
0: for me this year. Right on. You listen to music when you cook? Oh, yeah.
1: Let's, oh, wow. Okay. Let's get into but it. I, I go from Thug Central to... Whitey Morgan to <laughs> Elm Oak to Candy Rain. I mean, That's I, awesome. uh, I'm my mother growing up, I was raised in a dance studio. Uh, my mom was a dance instructor. Oh, wow. I've, I've listened to, yeah, I like all music. Let's just put it that way. I, I was my mom's, uh, <laughs> my mom's Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was in her dance classes growing up and, uh, yeah. So I like all music.
0: That's awesome. You got to have a variety in there.
1: Yeah it's, man. Um, uh,
0: yeah. it's real important in our trailer too. It's got to be a nice balance and Yeah, that's awesome, man. Wow, we've talked for a while already and I've barely asked you anything. You are a talker.
1: I got time if you got time.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I still have lots of I have to ask you the rapid fire questions. These are my favorites.
1: That's fine. We can do whatever you want, buddy. I
0: got, I
1: sold a car for the day, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you already hit the goal. already hit the goal of the day. Uh, what do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you?
1: Uh, <clears throat> um... my opinion politics aren't meant for barbecue i think that i don't i guess i don't know enough of the ins and outs of what goes on behind closed doors to really get involved with it and i try my very best to keep my opinion out of things that i don't know much about uh, you know, I, I read like everybody else does and, and kind of see what everyone has to say. And, and there's some things I disagree on and there's some things that I agree on, but I don't feel like I'm in a position to really put out my opinion because I don't know that my opinion is going to change anything. And maybe until I'm – I have no interest ever in doing that, but I guess <laughs> I, until, until I was in a position to, to maybe my opinion meant something, Maybe I would voice it then. I just don't feel like politics are on barbecue. The other thing is kind of the segregation um, from pro teams to backyard teams. Man, if you're cooking barbecue and you don't have means to cook a four-meat contest every week, you have no interest in cooking a brisket, and you want to stay in backyard, that's your call. If you're the most dominant backyard cook to ever step foot in KCBs, and that's where you choose to stay, that's on you. You know, bearing yeah. on me. Um, hell, if you're that good, I don't know if I want you to coming to the pro side. <laughs> <laughs> no, good answers, man.
0: Yeah, good answers. I, uh, I'm very. Uh, that question is going to get asked of me very soon. Um, sure. Yeah, you're episode 98. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, you'll be episode 98 and then, uh, 99 will be our first guest of all time, Bill Gillespie. Nice. And, and then I will be guest 100 and I will be, yeah. So I'm scared of that question cause I have some opinions <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird when you have to think about how you're going to answer your own questions, but sure. yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite pre during or post competition meal? Uh.
1: Mm, yeah, not really no. uh, I get I get coaxed into going to eat Mexican my wife hates it because normally we travel to comms separately uh-huh. uh, she works for the state of Illinois and sometimes she doesn't have the time to take off uh, so I'll be in a comm and I'll get with a group of friends who their tradition is Mexican before barbecue, and I am not even a Mexican fan. Uh, so I'll go with them, and she's like, well, that's bullshit. You don't even go eat Mexican with me. <laughs> yeah, well, I hear uh, So I guess a tradition would be Mexican, I guess you'd say, not by choice, but because I'm a follower, I guess. Uh, but post-meal, man, I'm a I'm an ice cream fan. I like <laughs> Uh, I don't have a freezer, so I normally try to bum somebody <laughs> they Got ice cream in their trailer. You know, if you see me pumping up to your trailer and I catch wind that you've got ice cream sandwiches, I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> so, ice cream sandwiches and candles. I got it. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people?
1: Yeah, so you see the thing behind me. I know I'm on a podcast well, but... Um, I have a buddy of mine who I sold cars with years ago. Uh, We became really good friends, and I kind of showed him the ropes in the car business. And I remember walking past his office one day. I used to sell for Chrysler. And there was this painting of this Jeep Wrangler, and it was like all psychedelic, but it was awesome. And I remember walking, I was like, who's, what is this? Where did you get that? And I've always been big into art. (laughs) Uh, And he was like, I painted that. It's like, yeah, right. He's like, no, I paint. I was like, you're an artist? Yeah. Well, I'm a pretty diehard Michael Jordan fan. And uh, so it just kind of <laughs> opened the, the vault. And uh, I've had him paint. I've probably got, I don't know, 12, 13 Michael Jordan paints. Uh, and I, I, I've i given gifts. I, I've contacted him a lot. You know, I'm, I'm probably this is really making myself sound bad, but (laughs) I like to clean my stuff clean. I'm an emotional person. I've always been a man.
0: You're quickly moving up my list of barbecue people. Like, pretty I've I've
1: always been very... I probably wear my emotions a little stronger than most people. Uh, Like, uh, not to get too long-winded, I'm sorry, but... No. Just basically for me is... uh, I'm in the relationship business, you know? Um... I know I'm a car salesman, and most people think I'm a sleazeball, but I'm not. I'm not that guy. You know, I, my focus is to earn your your business and your trust. If I can help you today, and then ten years down the road, I can help your your daughter or whoever it is that's turning 16. That's my focus. So, I've always had a strong passion about relationships and friendships and, and things of that nature. And, you know, <clears throat> a prime example, just kind of off the cuff recently, really good friends with with Lynn and Paul from Reuders and Tudors. Yep. Uh they they unfortunately lost their dog Maverick and he's was I mean, my son Hayes is is three years old and he loved that dog. We had pictures. I mean Hayes has been barbecuing with us since he was, you know, a newborn baby. I think he went to his first comp at, at three months old. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh we we've just <clears throat> Maverick passed away and and we knew we wouldn't see Lynn and Paul uh, until the World Invitational. And I had just sent pictures of Maverick uh, and their new puppy to my buddy who paints, and said, "Hey man, like I just want you to put this inspirational quote on it with these two dogs." And we would just kind of want to let them know we're thinking of them. And and he knocked that painting out of the park. I mean, it was awesome. And and we gifted it to them at, at, this year at the Worlds. And it's just always been a if you ever. Want a pay me? Let me know. I've got you. Man. You tell me what you like and we can figure it out, man. Christmas gift.
0: Birthday. Uh, yeah, you, you've you moved up my list of people in barbecue to hang out with more. It's uh, well, <laughs> people that I, like art. huh? I am, a, I am an art fan. Me too. All right, last question. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, Getting a message out to millions or billions—what would it say, and why?
1: Uh, I give a uh, a speech at uh, by high school. I was invited to come talk at a high school graduation. I've always just felt the same, you know. I <clears throat> I think whatever we strive to be in life, um, some people it's money, some people it's being kind you know some people's having a big family I just think we all have the same opportunity to leave a legacy and I think I would put that on a billboard just pretty simple yeah you kind of make make your life what you want it to be
0: yeah no that's great man no I I've really enjoyed this conversation we should we need to do it again I only got to half the questions so
1: (laughs) uh, Ali we uh real quick and then we'll We'll be done. We went did <laughs> one of the world food events, and uh, so we had got up there, you know. And I, at that point, you have to kind of display and sell your product of what you're you cook. And, and we had the kick of it was it was a wild card, so you got to pick whatever you want. Uh, and we had decided to smoke a cheesecake uh, on our drum. Uh, so we smoked a big che- cheesecake, and then we smoked six little, small, individual round cheesecakes. I put it on this nice platter. So anyway, we're like, we get up there, and I'm just the whole time. She's like, "Get to the point." I'm like, "I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work my way to it. We're we're building a story, really." So uh, we get up there, and I mean, I just give it to these people. And there's six judges. One of them's famous Dave Anderson. There's a player <laughs> from. University of Tennessee, anyway, I'm like, now listen, you know, like, we start, we we smoked and chilled a cheesecake, you know, in, in five hours, and if you know anything about making a cheesecake, that's hard to chill it, so, like, I went back to my old, like, heavy, younger days of, of power chilling beer, you know, we put kosher salt in the cooler, and so, anyway, I looked to my left, and Allie is staring a hole through me. The next person with their tray is trying to turn in, and I'm still selling this product. She's like, "Get off the stage, You're driving me nuts. So we get off, and she's like, "Jordan," I'm like, "Let me tell you something. You work for the state. I sell stuff. Just let me do my thing." So we end up winning that comp, and then we got first place. And we get into the truck to leave, and I look over at her, and she's like, "Don't even say a word." Don't say I'm like, well, I'm just letting you know, we want people's choice and we won that category. And I had to sell on both. Of them. So get away from it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's a great story. It's a, our When we turned into World Foods in the finals, they told us very specifically that we were not to speak and do that. And I went first. So I'm a rule follower. Yeah. So they're asking me questions I'm answering them. I sit back down. Well, then every other bastard gets up there and like they're just going on and on and on. I'm sitting there looking at staring at Kim and she's staring at me going, "You missed this is this was made for you and you sat there and followed the rules and shut up." And I'm like, "I did what they told me to do." Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know if it's a doubt. I don't know. It's Got me through life so far. It could be a downfall. There's I no doubt I can get long.
0: I don't think it's a downfall at
1: all, bud. Well, listen, where can people find you online? Uh, you can just add me on Facebook, uh, Jordan Kirkpatrick. We do have a Janky Lake Barbecue Facebook page. Uh, other than that, man, just help message me and get my cell phone number. We'll text from everyone.
0: <laughs> all right, bud. Well, I look forward to seeing you out there, and uh, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. All right, man. Be careful. Thanks. Yep. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2022. Old Virginia, Old Virginia Smoke. Old Virginia, Old Virginia Smoke. Old Virginia, Old Virginia Smoke. Old Virginia, Old Virginia Smoke.